0: Romans chapter 8, I want to look at something I think is really
1: so interesting and encouraging. Uh, Something God has has been uh, showing me recently. And uh, Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 25. This is NIV. Yeah, good. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. Okay. This is
0: NIV, a good uh, a translation for what I want to share about. I consider, y'all can share with me if you'd like, if you'd like to stand, sit, whatever, as we read the Word of God. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the firstfruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait patiently for it, okay? Amen. Thank you. May God have blessings to the reading of his word. Um, We want to talk about something I've been uh, looking at recently. It's really uh, very, very encouraging. If you'll look at number one, Roman number one, without coming to accept imperfections, we'll never learn to trust God in the process. How many of you know that we are in process, okay? And what obviously brings about the frustration in your life and my life is that we want things, let's get on with it. You know, see, when you're born again, there is that anticipation, either it's um, blatantly outward or maybe just uh, there uh, very subtly down deep, something driving us to say, this is not where it's at. And so there's a preparation that we've been talking about, even in Revelation chapter 19 here recently about... uh, the bride being prepared for the bridegroom, all right? The bride of Christ. We're being prepared, okay? I don't know when Jesus will come back, but I do want one thing. He is preparing you and me and the things that he does in our lives. But we're in this process, and sometimes in that frustration, I don't know about y'all, but I can go through a uh, fast food drive-through line and be frustrated. How about you? I'm frustrated at imperfections in people's lives, I, I, and sometimes it's like, it just gets to me. I'm like, Lord, what in the world? I mean, you know, I look at it, you know, it's kind of like looking uh, at the speck in your brother's eye when you've got a plank in your own eye, you know? And I go, man, they need to get it right. And right. And, and unless we understand that we're in a process here, that we have not arrived and come, obviously, to a place of peace, then we won't have joy you and I will be angry, will be bitter, will be disappointed. We will be even offended at God for not getting on with this thing. But what this scripture is talking about it is this hope that we have. And here at the last part of that scripture, but if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. You know, how many times in the Bible that you've read, we wait upon the Lord? Jerry read it from Isaiah chapter 40 this morning. We wait upon the Lord. We're waiting upon the Lord. We're all waiting upon the Lord for the fulfillment of this. But what this scripture says is that all of creation is in frustration. In other words, everything God has created is 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 yearning for the fulfillment of what God has has planned and set up, obviously for His kingdom. I I think maybe when you look forward to that, it may be as you look at Revelation chapter twenty one, or maybe you look at the millennial kingdom. You look at these things and think about it. All of creation, everything is God has created. It's frustrated. It's groaning and moaning, saying, "You know, uh, there's more to these things than." Than what we see, and so that's what we have to realize when we think about it, because all of creation is frust- inf- is frustrated. Think about it, we live in a fallen world, and every one of us is infected Romans three for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. We are infected, and everyone here today obviously has fallen and and been if you've been born again, you've been saved by the blood of Jesus then certainly, but you had to come to a reality of knowing that there was no hope without Jesus. You had to come to a reality of knowing unless Jesus intervenes that you're without hope. But by his mercy and his grace and who he is and his, his loving kindness is better than life, he reached down and he revealed himself to me and to you as you're saved. And that's the wonderful blessing. I don't understand that. Salvation is a mystery in that. I can tell you theologically in that way, but personally in that way, how God came down and he revealed himself to Jim Barcliffe and how he revealed himself to you and that mystery. I don't understand because see, I'm not deserving of that and neither of you. I'm a sinner. But yet he says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were in the midst of our sin, he still went to Calvary. He knew that at times you would stand against him and you would deny him. But in spite of all of that, is he still went to Calvary to die for our sins? That's the wonderful thing about that is. And he's got something set up so beautiful for us. You know, when we get to heaven, you know, what a day of rejoicing that will be. We sang that song, that old hymn. But it's going to be beyond measure. But right now we're in a process and there's frustration and groaning according to the word of God. And y'all know how we feel about that. We're like, goodness, this is some people will say, you know, look, you know, what purpose does God have me here on this earth for? And and somehow I'll go, you know, you're here because God has a purpose. If he doesn't have his face finished with you, then you're going home. But in the same manner, is understanding. in that person that expresses that is probably deep frustration about what purpose do I have? What, what meaning do I have here on this earth? Because I don't seem to me like anything is happening. And what's happening is kind of like what this scripture is saying. Exactly. There's frustration and there's a groaning going on. And that process that God has you to make you more like Jesus and to make me more like Jesus is taking place. And it comes through many times trials and tribulations. First Peter talks about it and James. When first Peter and James says, don't think it's strange that these things are happening to you because actually they're making your hope and your faith stronger. They're making you stronger in that. Everything that comes into a believer's life either somehow has to be ordained by God or it has to be sifted through God's hands. He's not surprised because you're going through a trial now. And what he wants us to do is to turn to him, realize that he's not finished with us. We don't know, obviously, in the, de- the day of these present sufferings that's spoke about, he has spoken of here, is what we will have to go through to be able to come to that place. But I want to tell you today, when you know, that God has not stopped working on you and stopped working on me, and he's still working in the church today. He's still working, I mean, just powerfully in a way to bring this thing about to where the culmination is exactly the way he desires it to be. Amen. He's doing it, and he's bringing that about every day. So how do we live in that culture where we can maintain our joy You know, remember, joy is not because you have good circumstances. Joy is something down deep. Again, I believe it relates to this scripture in regards to down deep in our hearts that that says, man, God's got a plan. God has got this thing in control. He is sovereign. He rules and reigns. And down sovereignly, he's working this stuff out to a culmination that one day we'll go, wow, this thing has turned out so much better than what I thought it would. You know, the Bible says we see through a glass darkly now, but one day we shall see him as he is. And when we see him how he is, when we behold the Lord like we've never beheld him before, let me tell you, it's going to be beyond anything that we can ever imagine. But in the process, he's not done with us. We're here in church today, right? He's gone through this past week. Some of it may have been an easier week for some. Some may be a little tougher. It doesn't make any difference. God has got you and I in a process. And he's gonna bring it to the complete conclusion here. Obviously, we look, obviously, at others' flaws and our flaws. And and I'm thinking, am I making any progress? Is this person making any progress? I mean, my goodness, look at it. I mean, they 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 don't act like it, they don't act right. They're not doing what I want them to do. They're not and, and, and you've got to realize, doesn't it help you to relieve you? I'm not here to bring correction in everybody's life. I'm here, obviously, to love people. To pray for people, to stand with people. And and yet we look at things and we've got to realize they're in process too. They haven't arrived. They're not fin. God's not finished with us yet, that old expression, He is not finished. Our goal is to become a dwelling place for God, you know? A dwelling place for God. And John chapter one. His disciples said, Jesus, where do you live? Where do you dwell? Where do you dwell? And and He's looking for a place in our hearts. He comes and He resides in our hearts. If you're saved, born again, then you're obvious that the Spirit of God lives within you. But when we take that further and look a little deeper, He's looking for a place that rece- receptive to Him, a place that, that loves Him and cherishes his, his presence, a place where He can come and dwell. And then in Isaiah chapter 66, and I'll share with you in a moment about that word, where He does, the ones He dwells with, uh, uh, the wonderful thing about that is, is that as God wants to come and dwell with us, He wants to come and dwell in the church today—a church that welcomes Him, a church that is receptive to Him coming and moving and doing whatever He wants to do, a church that is is just open and and wanting to follow Jesus. That's what he's looking for in your life, in my life. What that is, is a life of total surrender, a total where we just give it all up to God. And you know, in Isaiah chapter 66, he talks about in the first two verses, he said, these are the ones I come and dwell with, the ones that are humble and, and contrite in spirit and tremble at my word. That's the ones I will dwell with. Humility is not weakness. Humility is confidence in God Almighty. Humility is dependency upon the Lord. You know who God is, and you know that he will come to your aid. You know that he's working things out ahead of you before you even get there, which is co- considered called actually prevenient grace. God is in tomorrow. God is in next weekend. God is not surprised by the things that you encounter in your life. A person, he says, that is humble. He's looking for people that are humble. In other words, he's looking for you and I. He's looking for a church and saying, God Almighty, we need you and we need you desperately because this is all about you. This is not about me. And then he says uh, a person who is contrite in spirit. And what that means is a person who is sensitive to sin. A person sensitive to sin, a person that when we see that, we go, remember last week I told you about the pastor who, when he left the house, his father looked at him and gave him the keys of the car, and remember, he always said, remember who you are. And he said, Dad, I know who I am, but that's what God is saying to us today. Remember who you are. You're a child of God. Don't defame the name of our father, he's saying, who's sensitive to sin who keeps short accounts. When you do stumble and sin, 1 John 1, 9, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins if we'll confess and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so he's saying that he's looking for that person who is sensitive to sin, doesn't want that sin, does not mean we won't sin. It just means that, obviously, he wants us to be sensitive and, and to know that when we do stumble and fall, that we don't run away from him where the devil will tell you to do just like Adam did he was naked, and he hid, and, and remember God said, Adam, where art thou? Well, God knew where he was. He's God. But we run from him, don't we? And he wants us to run to him. And the third thing is, is actually who trembles at my word, and another translation of that is who fears the Lord. You know, we talked about last week how we cultivate a fear for God, because our society today doesn't fear God. I'm not sure if all the church fears God the way we, and I'm not talking about being afraid. I'm talking about giving him the respect and being in awe and reverence of our God. A God who wants us to tremble at his word. Have you thought about it? Have you ever read the word of God and something down deep in you just begins to sort of just shatter and and begins to move and tremble and so forth? Who trembles at your word? Have you ever just looked at the word and maybe, and you're like, wow, this is great. And you become excited about the word of God. You know, it's trembling at the word of God. That's the one he says, I come and dwell with. The church that I come and dwell with, who obviously wants me more than anything else in this world. And I want Jesus more than anything else. I know y'all, everyone in this place today wants the same thing. I don't care. I don't care what it means. You know, again, I've talked about it as a, there's a contemporary Christian song out by Casting Crowns that talks about only Jesus. You know, I don't care if I leave a legacy. I don't care about all the things you write down about me. All I want is the name of Jesus to be proclaimed. That's all I want. I don't care about a legacy. I don't care about any of that. Who trembles at his word. Who wants Jesus more than anything in this world. I want him to touch me. He's preparing me one day we'll be face to face with him. Won't that be glorious? Oh, what a glorious day that will be. Hallelujah. Wonderful that God is preparing this place. So we see here when we're filled with this content, think about it. He doesn't want to dwell there. God's desire is to express himself in us. He is, his will is to will and to way, to make us. He, he has a way. You know, Philippians one six says, this is the confidence that we have that he who began a good work within you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. This is the confidence. He said that he will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. He said he'll do it. And so he's works it. Now we work in cooperation with them. Yes. But he said I'm going to bring it about. So this frustration is it's not fully there yet fully. We're positionally with, we're positioned, the Bible says in Ephesians, there in the heavenly, we're seated in the heavenly realms with Jesus right now. But I'm talking about the full expression, the fullness experiential aspect of it, that one day we will be in His glorious presence. Oh, what a glorious day that will be. People will be shouting hallelujah Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, you know, means praise the Lord. So uh, he's saying we're not there yet. Everything is in process. Number three, God is going to clean it all up with our cooperation. To make it whole, he keeps working. And we have this idea that life is supposed to be smooth. And when it isn't, we're offended, not just disappointed. You know what I mean? A lot of times, as Christian, we think, oh, I thought it was going to be a smooth ride as a Christian. No. <laughs> Can anybody realize that yet? It's not because you're not a believer. Now, two things I want to say here to somehow um, let you know. I'm not talking about that we go on sinning because I'm going to be talking about the next two weeks some things I think are very encouraging in that respect. does not mean that. When we sin, we need to bring it to the Lord. But I'm talking about today, hey, you haven't arrived, have you? And neither have I. I'm imperfect, you know? And, and you know, I live, you know, it's kind of like Isaiah. He said, I'm, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst the people of unclean lips. Well, who, who's going to do something about this? And the seraphs took the coal and touched to his mouth, I believe symbolic of the blood of Jesus. And once he knew that, he was cleansed, he says, here I am, send me. And so we are imperfect. We're in process. Don't beat yourselves up so bad. The devil, we talked about last week, the accuser of the brethren, talked about in Revelation chapter 12. And Zechariah also, I believe, talks about Zechariah chapter 3. It talks about, he accuses the the believers day and night before the throne of God. He comes and whispers in your ear, man, you blew it for the last time. You need to stay away from God because he's the big man up there in heaven with the big stick, and he's getting getting ready to whack you real bad. And that's not true. We're in process. (laughs) <laughs> and he's given us a way out. You know, the Bible says in 1 John, he says, if we say we're without sin and we make God out a liar. We will stumble and fall. We have an advocate. Run to him. I'm not saying that we may sin, that grace may abound more and more. Certainly, God forbid. I'm not saying that. Don't get me wrong. But I am saying is a lot of times I believe that believers live and in, in, with guilt on them and shame. In fact, right now I want to pray for you. So let's stop right where we are. If you've got guilt on your life right now and shame, I want to pray for you right now because I believe that a lot of believers have that and I want to pray right now. So let's just stop for a moment.
1: Father, we thank you that Jesus Christ paid it all and all to him I owe. But Lord, there have been areas in our lives where we know that um, we've fallen short, even as believers. And we've confessed it to you. But Father, it just seems like this heaviness of guilt
0: and shame are keep uh, continuing to hang around. And right now, I stand against that in the name of Jesus, and I cast that off of you
1: in Jesus' name. Any guilt or shame in this place right now, I order to leave in Jesus' name and break that off of you and I
0: ask you, Father, in this place that you would release just the love and grace of Jesus in their lives to realize we're in process. We haven't come to the conclusion yet. You will finish what you started because your word says so. And in this
1: process, it's very precious. But Father, today, we want to realize, we know, that we are accepted in the beloved, that we are loved
0: by you. And I pray, that revelation of love of Jesus in the hearts of everybody here in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We think it's strange that these trials are coming. We think somehow, yes, it's really, I must have really blown it and I can't take anymore. And see, God is saying today, he's not finished. There's a groaning going on. There's a frustration going on in all of creation until this thing comes to a place of culmination in that sense. And then, then we'll see him as he is. So we see. Remember, the goal is our hearts to become God's dwelling place, his home. And we we live life with such dissatisfaction, the Holy Spirit doesn't even want to do it. (laughs) Who wants to come around? I don't like to be around negative people. Do y'all? I don't like to be around people that gripe and complain all the time. But you know who I do like to be around? This is my humanity. Hopefully my spiritual part of me also is when people are praising God. I love that. I don't care how you're praising. I don't care the expression of that. That's between you and God. But I'll tell you what, I'll praise him right along with you. I'll glorify him, whatever that, how that works out and how that looks. But I don't like to be around that. And do you think the spirit of God, you know, people are grumbling and, you know, under their breath. This stuff, I mean, goodness, I'm going through this. And my God, God has put more in here. And I'm just tired of this and all that stuff. I'm offended by this kind of stuff. Do you think he really wants to come and dwell in a place like that? He doesn't want to, does he? Where's he come? He wants to come to people who are humble, contrite in their spirit, and who tremble at his word. Hallelujah. That's where he dwells. Amen. Look at number uh, C, Isaiah 66. Here is as God's asking you. Where will my resting place be? You know, God says there, these are the ones I look upon in favor. Those who are humble and contrite, tremble at my word. I believe God is developing a holy love within us for the will of God. to Desire him more than anything else. In Hebrews 10, there, he talks about it. A holy will there. Jesus, only what Jesus did was, he said, I only do what pleases the Father. Isn't that a good goal in life? that all I want to do is to please him. You know, though none go with me, still I will follow. I've set my heart on Jesus. Jesus, The Bible says that Jesus set his, his face like a flint towards Jerusalem to go and die for the sins of the world. i set my heart like flint to have one desire in my life, and that is to please the Father. And if I'm pleasing him, then things will fall into place, and those who are disrupted by that, I can't help that because that's between them and God, but this is personal. you see, you and i- I'm the only one that can offer worship, Jim Barcleft, my worship to the king. you're the only one that can worship can live can give your worship to the king. you're the only one nobody else can give your worship to God for you. you're the only one that can do that. And so worship him. Isn't that great? And he longs for our worship. He desires our worship. How great our God is, he says here in uh, the Old Testament. Remember, there was the brazen altar where the priest killed an animal and then burned his flesh. You know, in Romans chapter 12, anybody, we know what it says, don't we? He says, I offer my body as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing unto the Lord, my spiritual act of worship. He says, don't be, obviously, conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. He says this, he says, offer your bodies, which means, actually, completely, the totality of who you are. Offer it to you, okay? In other words, get up on that that brazing altar, where the the sacrifice was given. And sacrifice your your whole being to Jesus. Amen? And and just like that animal, when that flesh was burning, it's like a sweet smell to the Lord. When our flesh burns, because nothing good dwells within our flesh. When we sow to the Spirit instead of sowing to the flesh, then we'll walk with God in that manner that's pleasing unto the Lord. And it's sweet smelling to the Lord as it goes up before him. And that good news, just offer yourselves to him. And what can you do today? You can offer your bodies as living sacrifice. They're holy and pleasing. It's a spiritual act of worship. Amen. In, uh, In Romans 12, it talks about it. Present our bodies. It's a sweet fragrance to the Lord. If we obviously get stuck in the frustration causing disappointment, will not offer that sweet-smelling aroma that God desires. Why? It's because we'll be focused more on our frustration than focusing upon God. Remember, don't focus on your frustration. Don't focus on your trials and tribulations. Focus on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. And for the joy, the joy that was set before him, he offered himself. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end but for the joy set before him. In other words, what that is saying, and I love this, is the fact that he's, he's ready. He's so joyful. Jesus is that we'll live with him throughout eternity. But he says to get us ready, we are in a process that we must not demand the conclusion to. And many of us unknowingly sometimes demand a conclusion to this whole thing. He hasn't finished with you. Isn't that good news? Isn't it good news that God knows you're imperfect and you're in need of him? Isn't that good news? He knows you're going to mess up. He already knows what you're going to do. Isn't that good news that he's not disappointed? He's not discouraged by you. He's not finished with you. He's not saying, goodness, if you do this one more time, I'm done with you. I'll wipe my hands of you. He doesn't. He never rejects us.
1: He's with us. And he's always, he's committed because he says, you guys are in process. Don't." Give up. Don't give up. He says in in John 8, Jesus states that he does,
0: always does what pleases him, the Father. Number D, how am I to please God in the midst of frustration? Trust God's process rather than to demand its conclusion. Make our goal and purpose for living how we can please the Lord. Choose to be God's dwelling place. Lord, I choose to be your dwelling place today. We have hope because we know the end of the story. Everybody here know the end of the story. <laughs> now we we there are battles and we've already won, but we really win then, and we'll see the fullness of that. Okay, because the rapture comes, and and uh, when the when the rapture comes, and and you know maybe you're still here, or maybe uh, the dead in Christ will rise first, or whatever, and we come back with in the second coming when Jesus comes back, and all and there are different theological views on this, but I want to tell you. You know, as somebody. some people say, are you pre-trib? Does he mean the rapture going to take place before the tribulation? Or do you, are you post-trib? I have friends who are both and so forth. And finally, I had to say, you know what? You know, whichever way God is going to do it, it's going to be the best way. And it's going to be good. But when we come back with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and he'll, run back, he'll ride back down on that horse and on his thigh, it will be written, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and we'll come back, and we'll rule with Him forever and ever and ever. We will be given positions of authority, I believe, in relation to how faithful we were here with what God had given us here on this earth. I believe we'll be placed in those positions. I believe that, obviously, the grace of God, because that's who He is. He is the grace of God. He is God, and so we will be there, and it will be so good, it can't, we can't even imagine. I believe we'll actually know that. I believe, obviously, when we get our new bodies and so forth. But I believe when we get there, we'll actually know. We'll actually experience the Lord like we never have before, and we will know how good our God is. We won't be some nebulous type of cloud floating around. We will be in bodies at one time, just like the body of the Lord Jesus
1: Christ. And he comes back and rules and reigns, sets up his kingdom, and we'll work 24-7, we'll never get tired
0: because we don't have these old earthly bodies, but he's saying, this is not it, he's getting us ready, folks, he's getting us ready, and he's preparing us like never before, our bodies have been made for his habitation, our victory is in his promise at the end, you ever wondered the promises of God, everybody says, oh, cling to the promises of God. The promises of God is those who wait upon the Lord shall drink, they'll mount up on wings like eagles, they'll run and not grow weary, they'll walk and not faint. He says, those who wait are promises, but the fullness of that promise, one day, if you look at Revelation, they will be my our God. God will come and dwell with us. There'll no, be no more tears, no more death, no more of uh, 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 pain or or any of the, the the things we're asking for healing for today, we will obviously be whole and complete. Right now, we're in process. We have not arrived yet here.
1: Brokenness in our lives is where the Spirit comes in. Talks about that Jesus is close to the brokenhearted.
0: You'll find affection in your heart. You remember when you see the brokenness in others? Let love and mercy rush into men broken places. Wisdom would teach us that we're to expect and accept imperfections. God's going to deal with them. We're not to get focused. Because when once we start focused on our sinfulness, it just ca- it just takes us away. We become guilt-ridden. We're not. We're to confess our sins. We're to get up and move on. But once we make that our primary purpose, and I'll talk about it next week, then it gets us all focused. We're to focus on loving Jesus. Can we do that? We can do that with God's grace, can't we? You know, I ask uh, the prayer that we, uh, I've asked and maybe we'll keep praying. I don't know whether I'll keep praying it. Father, I ask you to give me the grace to love Jesus the way you love him. John chapter
1: 17, right there at the end. Give me the grace to love Jesus the way you love him. We can love Jesus, but if you get focused on your sinfulness,
0: you'll be defeated because you realize, golly, I can't get through this.
1: There's no way. But when you realize you're in process, it's not a conclusion, okay? Okay perfectionism is involved in this also a lot of people we i have very high work ethics and i'm sure all of you here do also sometimes that translates into thinking
0: i got to be perfect and man when i blow it boy it's devastating i mean it just smacks you or maybe somebody else, like expecting, man, I'm expecting a lot out of you. Nothing wrong with that. But when it captivates your heart to such an extent, you forgot that they're in process also. And so God has given me grace to be able to go through this life, Then I need to extend grace to that individual also. And so when we see that, and, and that work ethic and perfectionism, some people, they have that, just, I've got to be perfect. You know I can I, I can do this and I can do that and real well and i can 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 excel in this and so forth, but in that one thing will keep me back, and that perfectionism will come in, it will rob you of your joy. Why is that? It's because you don't realize you're in process. you don't realize that God's not finished with you yet, and so everything is frustrated, and everything is groaning to that time when God fulfills and reveals, the Bible says here, the sons and daughters of God, the fullness. Isn't that great? You know, the Bible says this too, I'll share with you a little tidbit, that we are trophies of God's grace. We're trophies. You think about it. I'm my old pea mine old country way of thinking things and so forth. You know, if you ever looked on a mantle, you know, and you've seen people, the different trophies, you know, my trophy's up there on God's mantle, and my name is on my trophy. There, and God looks at it. He says, Jim Barcliffe is a trophy of my grace because Jim Barcliffe didn't earn it. But I just lavished it on him. The Bible says that he lavishes the grace and love of God on us. He he just pours it out. It's like it spills all over us. Amen. And he just says today, don't don't get caught up listening to the accuser of the brethren. Go before the Lord let him search your heart. Ask for the cleansing. And if he shows you a sin, then confess it and move on. But always run to God because a lot of people run away from God. Brokenness today, I know you all see it in people's lives. I believe this and God's preparing Lighthouse Fellowship and and the ministry here for one thing, and that is people who come into this church who
1: are broken are going to need the love of Jesus to just permeate their lives, okay? That that brokenness would be healed.
0: And I believe that's what he's preparing us for because Jesus heals the brokenhearted, right? And remember the story in Jeremiah chapter 18 where it says, you know, we are the clay. Uh, We are the clay. He's the potter and he's molding us. You know that piece of clay and they turn the wheel and, and he puts the water on and he molds and makes you. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I know in our lives it's kind of painful, isn't it? But God is saying, it's something that I'm doing to make you more like Jesus. and The only way it can happen. In that tailor made trial. That you're going through. And he knows what it's going to take. It's for me and for
1: you. In that process. That makes sense? Amen. Amen. Thank you Lord. Let's pray together. Father thank you for your truth. Your word.
0: Everything's groaning. Everything's frustrated until we reach the culmination of
1: fulfillment of exactly what you have called as far as what we see in the word of God. Thank you. Help us to know that you haven't finished with us yet. We know that. Help us, again, to revisit
0: that in our hearts and realizing that you're doing such a wonderful work in our lives that we can give praise. And, you know, folks, this is why... The Bible says to give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. How can you do that? It's because you know you're in process and God's not finished with you and he's never going to turn away from you. He's never going to reject you. He'll
1: never forsake you. He'll be with you. He's with us every moment of every day. And he's working it out. This is the
0: confidence that we have that he who began a good work within us will bring it to the completion at the day of Christ Jesus. This is the confidence that we have. Paul was confident that when he
1: wrote to the church at Philippi. He said, I know he'll, he'll finish what he started. Amen? Believe it and continue to walk in it. Father, bless this church. We ask you just come and your spirit will move in a powerful way that touches in this process. Well, one day we'll come to the conclusion. One day we'll come and we'll see him as he is right now. We're getting in preparation. We're being
0: made more like Jesus. Even when we don't see it, God won't always show it to
1: us because we boast in it. But even when you're committed to us, and we're so grateful today. Christ has set us free by the blood, by his shed blood may he be glorified and praised forevermore amen thank you